Today, it's a slightly different story because in a sense, what John's story is a little bit less about a dramatic transformation and more about what it means as a follower of Jesus and how that impacts his life in specific ways uh, along the theme that we've been talking about this morning. So John, can I welcome you? It's great to have you with us. Nice to see you. John is a legend. If you don't know John, John is one of uh, the wittiest people I know, but I don't want to put pressure on because that puts pressure on this morning. So anyway, uh, John, why don't you just tell you grew up in Maidenhead, part of a very happy home. And when you're growing up, you don't realize that some of the convictions that your parents have and therefore the framework that you've been growing up in is not necessarily normal. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? It's really, well, it's true. Um, <laughs> I guess the thing that um, I used when we did this before was uh, the best example of how weird my family was. Um, was basically, who here has played with Lego in their lives? Okay, keep your hands up. Who has created a Lego village? Okay. In your Lego village, did you have elections? Did you make your own ballot papers? No. All right. So that's how weird my upbringing was. Um, I grew up in a very nice kind of like, yeah, west of London, uh, Maidenhead, uh, but a very politically active is an understatement. Um, and so you kind of, I think as kids, you end up doing what you end up, what your parents end up doing. You see what they do, and so therefore people kind of take on that kind of thing. So he was very engaged, politically engaged, lots of activity engaged, lots of social action, lots of justice issues. And one of the things that out of that, therefore, you, you, you've got particularly strong convictions now as a Christian is about how we can be involved in caring for the world in terms of the environment and the creation around us. Tell us, therefore, how you arrived at what you hold dear now from that background. I guess when I kind of left home, um, I had all of these, and just a, I, kind of, I guess kind of like a base note, kind of like a base layer of what we should be doing as Christians um, when it comes to kind of social justice issues, whether it be uh, and the kind of environmental issues. My mum was in charge of kind of like getting recycling into our town as a local councillor. So therefore there was just, that was just the basics. It was kind of like, what we did as a family. My face ended up, my family's picture ended up getting pushed through every single like letterbox in the whole of my town and the next door town. Were you the dad, model family? Uh, well, my sister wasn't the model daughter, but anyway, <laughs> this is not the time or the place. We haven't got enough time for that. Um, it's all right, she's like miles away in London, so it's fine. This is being recorded though, isn't it's it? Not, uh, yes, yeah. it is actually. Oh, yes. oh. <laughs> right then, moving on. Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, so uh, I guess we were from that picture. We looked like the model family, um, I guess. But yeah, so from that point of view, being put for everybody's kind of letterboxes uh, around the town, it kind of gets a bit weird uh, to think that. But this is the norm. Uh, it was just the normal of what we did. My, you know, my parents were politically active, very passionate about the local community, and very passionate about my mum specifically, passionate about the environment, um, and just taking everything on board from them. Was just I just took that as what people did and I didn't really kind of question any of, any of that and that was just the norm really. But then as you grow up, like a lot of people who've grown up in Christian homes, there comes a point where you've got to begin to not just accept what you've been taught but actually process it for yourself and come to your own conclusions about things and particularly when you think about uh, if you're caring for the environment, what was it that kind of led to that where you then begin to really own this for yourself? There were some books you read or some aspects of the Bible that you kind of really resonated with? So yeah, so previously I think I just had uh, understanding of like 
it was what Christians should do. We should look after the world because God created the world. Therefore, we should look after the world. It kind of like was just, to me, it was obvious in my upbringing and kind of preconceived ideas and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, um, I ended up reading a book, uh, Surprised by Hope by Tom Wright, which was a kind of like gave me far more of a kind of like theological understanding of environmental kind of care um, and got me thinking about the fact that we're part of the renewal of the earth. God started to renew the earth by sending Jesus, and that was the start of that. And so therefore, from that point of view, we, as Christians, we're continuing that kind of process now and should be continuing that process now uh, through the way that we're kind of like looking after the earth. And so imagine there's someone here who is a follower of Jesus, but is, would say to you, yeah, but the environmental stuff is not really that crucial because the world's all just wasting away anyway. How would you come back to them? <laughs> well, I'd be obviously very polite and courteous um, <laughs> to start off with. Um, yeah, so from my point of view, I think the thing is, is that everything that Jesus did is, was political. There's no, for me, there's no ways, two ways around it. People say about dividing the church away from politics and politics and church. I think I get that from a structural point of view, but from a point of view of what we're doing as Christians, everything we do is political. You know, the way that we live our lives, by the way that we act, has some knock-on effect in that kind of world. I think politics is quite a grand kind of grand kind of terms whereas from my point of view the way that we live our lives um, as christians is really important obviously and it's a po point of and, point of worship yeah basically. and i suppose we tend to think of politics about party politics don't we exactly whereas actually what we mean you're meaning is differently than that actually everything we do is in a sense politics exactly so yeah. wherever you go shopping for example so if you choose to shop in one type of shop that is a political move because if you decide to go to a local shop where you can buy apples and put it in a brown paper bag compared with going to your big kind of shop where you end up buying your apples in plastic that's a for me that's a political thing rather than kind of like everybody sees it as like this whole entire thing okay so is there a particular bible verse a kind of particular passage bit of the bible that has really connected and resonated with you in all of this yes great <laughs> well, if i'd have said no it would have been really awkward is it on the screen it is oh, oh look look at that we've come prepared Great. excellent why don't you read this for us, John, this book from, bit from Romans chapter 8. Uh, so, yeah. So, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. And why has that particularly resonated with you? I guess it kind of sums up that we are kind of responsible and involved in this rather than kind of negating the responsibility thinking that we're nothing to do with looking after the earth because I think there can be, you know, there can be that kind of separation of responsibility yeah. um, from our day-to-day uh, -day lives. And also it's kind of like a positive message rather than kind of like there's kind of bits and pieces within other parts which are more kind of condemnatory as it were, whereas this is far more kind of like a positive uh, spin on the subject because the bit that really connects with, resonates with me when I read that because I I've got to know John and uh, just the way that you do caring for the environment and we'll come on to some practicals in a moment resonates with me because you put your faith into practice and what strikes me about this passage in this in the Bible where Paul is talking to some uh, Christians in Rome 
is what he says. The creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. And we know that the world is messed up. We know that our lives are messed up. And the Bible talks about the impact of kind of rebellion against God, turning against God and living our own way messes up our lives. The Bible talks about sin and so on. But actually also, Paul, this has an impact on the whole of creation. And in the same way that God has done something about sin in our lives, actually there is hope for the whole of creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. And so therefore, we join in with God and the actions that he's doing to renew this uh, creation. So if that's the theory, John, okay, but what difference does it make in your life? Last week, I referenced my wife quite a few times, but she's not here. But uh, basically, um, there's lots of things that I've dragged her through over the years um, of different things, different changes that we've made to our lives and different things that she said no to. Um, so this is not all just like, this isn't sweetness and light. It's not like she's just like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, so therefore, this is not like, you know, perfect, perfect villa, as it were. Um, but we've done, I mean, I've done loads of different things over the years, um, kind of like to try and impact the environment less, uh, especially when it comes to kind of climate change. Uh, there's a long list. I'll try and keep brief. Uh, but um, so I've been vegetarian for... I guess, four or five years, um, which turned into veganism about a year ago. Um, and then um, I, my main kind of form of transport when I'm fully fit is uh, kind of cycling, uh, then also using as much public transport as I can do. We also have solar panels on our house. Um, we also use a eco uh, energy provider. I'm trying to think what else. We've decided, made this decision in recent months not to fly anymore, which is an interesting one. Um, so that was a difficult one to do. Um, but we, as I said before, uh, last time I, we just had a nice holiday in, uh, in Norfolk, and that was nice. So we're not really missing out on anything from that point of view. Um, we also bank with an ethical kind of uh, bank, which means that they won't uh, kind of invest into anything that would be harmful to the environment. Um, I also wear largely secondhand clothes, as you can see, looking great um, this morning. Uh, but yes, um, and also from that point of view, it's great that um, also it's not just in, from the environmental impact. Also, that means that um, I'm not supporting any kind of like sweatshop, etc. kind of creation. And also I largely bought from Oxfam, who have an online store. So this is a nice little advert for them. So they will send them to your house and they do free postage return, which is great. And then also, um, I used to have an allotment. I don't anymore because of having too many children, largely. Mm. Um, but I had an allotment for three or four uh, years uh, where I grew kind of own fruit and veg. And it's fair to say that you made a passing comment there about Sarah, your wife. Yes. And mm. it's fair to say that you're not on the same page on everything. No. So Sarah eats meat, other yes. family and all of that, and yes. then other things that you do things differently. And I, uh, and I think it's helpful for us to say that this is, this is not you, John, saying this is what you should be doing because I one of the things that I've picked up from you is if you like the key thing that I've really resonated with is to actually think so therefore rather than just go to the shop or rather than just buy some new clothes to be thinking actually is this a good thing to be doing what is the impact of what I do with my life and we may come to different conclusions about what the outworking of that is but it's really encouraging that you you do a lot more thinking about stuff than I would 
when it comes to like buying clothes or, you know. Yeah, again, my wife Nellie stopped me going for runs because I used to come back every single time I went running with a new idea of how we could save the world. So she was just like, oh, I'm not too sure about you going running anymore. Um, because, yeah, I'd always come back with some kind of mad scout caps kind of scheme. But um, yeah, it's, it is. And I think the thing is, is from that point of view is, is I think for a lot of people, you can say you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. Um, in within, not just within this kind of realm, within lots of different realms. Um, but I think the thing is, is most of the time we're already doing stuff that we can just tweak and change. So we're already buying stuff. You already got to go shopping and you got to buy food for everybody and all that kind of stuff. And therefore you've still got to do that. You can do that in a different way. I mean, some of the times it might be a bit more difficult, which is where me and my wife differ um, on the difficult level, uh, difficulty level. And also again, you know, obviously with the whole kind of secondhand clothes shopping, that means um, you can't always get stuff that you want in the right sure. size and all that kind of stuff. Um, but so therefore you just have to kind of like be a bit more flexible and that's where, but you know, we're still all consuming, we're still kind of buying stuff, which obviously we should try and do less, but we all still, you know, are doing that. So we can change, you know, it only changes a little bit and having that thought process at the first kind of thought as it were, is what, how, what am I doing? How does that impact the environment and whether I can do something little to okay. change it all? So final question then, to imagine you, John Hyde, suddenly become prime minister. I make no comment about whether that would be a good thing or not. I, um, I, I said that was bad it, it, last week and then <laughs> said, yeah, perhaps not actually thinking about the current kind so, of situation. But imagine you were, right. what, would be the f what, would, what would you do? What one thing would you do that you would therefore have an impact on us to impact the environment for the better? Yeah, my main thing is uh, public transport, really. It would be improve public transport and probably make it uh, largely free to most people. Because I think everybody's got... It's kind of like the thing that everybody has to do. Everybody has to get somewhere. And the main problem is, is within Birmingham, I mean, we've got a great public transport system in certain directions when it comes to kind of going to and from the city centre, but getting across town is not great. Um, and also the cost as well is um, can be fairly pricey, I think, considering kind of like how cheap it is to kind of park in town, it seems a bit weird. It kind of seems counterintuitive okay. that it costs so much money. So final, final, final question then. Final, final. For any of us that might be, we, we engage in something, we might do recycling or whatever it is, but, but we don't massively. Yeah. What would be one thing that you think would be a good thing for us to take away this morning? It's just about, as Tim said before, it's just about thinking, really. Just starting that process. I mean, everybody here will be engaging within this issue at some level. There's nobody in this room who isn't going to be engaging. There's some people who I know who are massively engaged and who, in fact, probably more engaged than I am in this room. Um, so, therefore, there's that. And they're already on that journey. And I've been on a journey. I'm still on a journey. I'm not at the, you know, I'm not perfect by any of the means. I drove here, for example. Um, uh, so we're all on a journey. We are on a journey all together. And it's just thinking about where you're at and what differences you can make and changes that are slight and different. And hopefully, over time, you move on. And my journey has been going on for the whole of my life. As with most things with most journeys, it doesn't take kind of change overnight. Um, so from that point of view, just got to start thinking a bit more okay. about what we're doing and what impact that has. Great. Thank you, John. Well, thank you for, for sharing with us. Uh, as we come to a close, we're going to respond together. But some of you may know of the name of a guy called John Stott.
if you've never heard of John Stott, John Stott was a very well-known church leader from London uh, in the 20th century. And he basically had a massive influence on the global church. Um, You may have heard of the Lausanne movement and so on. He instituted that and so on. He was in Time magazine's 100 Most Influential People on the Planet. And at the end of his life, he wrote one final book in amongst his 50 books that he wrote. And he wrote a book called The Radical Disciple, where he basically was his parting words to the global church. And in it, he he raised the issue of eight different things that he thought were being forgotten by the Western church that were really important for following Jesus. That as he looked around the world and the emphasis that churches had, he did a number of eight things, some of which you might imagine would be there about not compromising uh, and how we view death and so on. And one of them, chapter number four, he wrote on creation care because he saw that was something that had been largely forgotten as the important thing of what it means to follow Jesus. And he said these words in it. He said that scripture tells us that the earth is the Lord's and also that the earth he has given to us. These statements complement each other rather than contradict each other, he wrote. The earth belongs to God by creation and to us by delegation. This doesn't mean that he's handed it over to us to do in such a way that we dominate it however we want but rather he's given us the responsibility to preserve and develop the earth on his behalf. And as one author writes, Chris Wright, it seems quite inexplicable to me that there are some Christians who claim to love and worship God, to be disciples of Jesus, and yet have no concern for the earth that bears his stamp of ownership. They don't care about the abuse of the earth, and indeed by their wasteful and overconsumptive lifestyles, they contribute to it. And I don't know about you, for me, this is something that I need to up my game on. And people like you, John, and others help me to think, what one thing can I do in trying to follow Jesus and therefore care for the world around that he holds in his hands, but actually calls us to love?